Welcome, everyone, to the most amazing Bolt from the Blue podcast. Everything looked great for us tonight. We have a, we apparently had the best referee in the world in Marciniak. Um, I, I don't know when that was announced, this, um, this Polish guy. Um, but um, fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. And, um, yeah, I'm ready to, to, to eat humble pie, guys, as I, as I normally have to do. I was a... A huge advocate of playing Maris. You're huge, mate. You're huge on eating that much humble pie. You will be uh. huge. Trust me. By the end of this pod, and, and um, I, I really did think you'd start with the championis. Well, we're not we're not winners yet, but <laughs> almost there. No, no, no. I, I, you know, we don't count our chickens, and apparently, there's been a few uh, write-ups uh, in the in the newspapers about why. Uh, it, um, Inter Milan should not be taken lightly and of course we're not going to but anyway let's introduce the chaps so first of all we've got Bernard Deneen Bernard how are you feeling how are you doing yeah I didn't get much sleep last night I, I started because I was on my feet mostly yesterday <laughs> and all the excitement I think I got about three hours kept so I'm just oh, Bernard's, Bernard's gone quiet um, yeah. uh, after, after after matches like that last night and atmospheres and games, uh, it's worth a little bit of pain in your in your uh, calf. You know, you you a bit of. Uh, and I, I'm quite happy actually. Cause I, I I was led to believe that one of our the main guy we're gonna gonna come on in a moment had, had deserted BFTB and gone over to the BBC, but apparently it didn't didn't go as well as it could have done. But I'm sure he'll mention it. I'm sure he'll mention it while we're, we're chatting today. <laughs> Well, tell you what, Bernard, at your age, if you can get uh, as little as three hours hours sleep a night, you're doing well. Uh, it's my birthday today. If I get as much as three hours sleep tonight, I'll be very unhappy. Is that is that right, Ray? Is that your birthday yeah, today? Birthday present, fifty five. Oh, happy years birthday! Old. Cheers, guys. Fifty five years old. My presence in the post. I know, Bernard. Um, you know. <laughs> no, it isn't, mate. I'll be, I'll be. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I already owe you a few quid, mate. I don't want to make it any worse. Mike sending me his and uh, Mike sending and this is cryptic. Mike sending me his Anyong uh, from Korea. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, I I, I can just uh, quote to Ray what um, I remember saying to one of my friends when it way way back when I used to work in London. I had this um, friend uh, and we we both turned thirty four on the same age and. Um, I remember saying to him, "Well, at least we can take comfort in something. We're we're like three, four, or five years younger than, uh, you know, Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp." And he just uh, killed me with one line. He just said, "Yeah, but we don't look like that, Mike." So, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Mate, anyway, you, look like, you look like both of them put together. Anyway, we've only got yeah. an hour. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, let's get started. And of course. The uh, the lineup uh, for Man City was no great surprise, Bernard. I mean, it was for me, but not for you. Uh, there were no changes um, uh, between uh, this particular uh, uh, team and the one that played against um, uh, Real in the first game. But they did bring back Eder Militao, Bernard. And I was a bit confused because it seemed like uh, Rudiger had done a bit of a job on Haaland. Uh, this time it, it fell to uh, Thibaut Courtois to do a job on him. But was that um, change a little bit of a surprise for you? Yeah, it was because I think I said on air, I might have said on my own thing, I, I thought I thought the the obvious thing was to bring Militao back and replace Rudiger with him. But I thought because of Rudiger's thuggery and the way he plays, uh, I thought he'd try and squeeze them both in, you know, try and, try and get Rudiger in as well. And perhaps Ancelotti missed a little bit of a trick because physical wise, physicality wise, last night Real Madrid, of course, we tore them a new one overall, all over the place. But they didn't have anything. They just didn't, you know. I was calling them dirty Madrid last last week. I just call them uh, kind, nice, sweet, dear Madrid this week because well, you know, that's pussycats. Yeah, that's, that's a good word. And you know, and, and I think if Rudiger had played, I think I think Ancelotti missed a little bit of a trick. Whether it wouldn't have made any difference yeah. long term because we we were brilliant, of course, so it wouldn't have really made. But I think I think it was a surprise. It was a surprise, as you said. The City team wasn't. Uh, people were shouting for Fold, and certain other people were shouting for Mares. But 
I don't think there was any way he was going to change his plans unless someone was injured or on painkillers or whatever. Because I've been seeing a couple of the players have been on painkillers recently. Edison and Bernardo have been uh, injections before games, which doesn't sound good, but as long as it's kept to the minimum. So yeah, Ray, Ray, it was a bit, it was a bit strange because you saw um, after the last game you saw um, uh, Erling Holland taking off his shirt and showing off all the bruises that Rudiger had given him. So um, I'm not quite sure that that was a, a very good decision. Love bites from uh, Rudiger on the Haaland last week um, in the first leg. Um, yeah, look, I was surprised. I, I was surprised. But having said that... As, as, as it, said, it could have been guys, it could have been guys. this referee. I mean, the referee, obviously, I think managers and coaches know about referees as well. And they might have thought... You might not have been able to get away with it as much. He wasn't brilliant, the referee, but no. he, he, did, he liked himself. He loved himself. And perhaps he wanted yeah. to think he was bigger than Rudiger. So perhaps that might have been part of the plan. Here's the thing about the referee. Uh, I think he's every time he manages Real Madrid, they win the Champions League. <laughs> so, you know, that was something that the Madrid fans were uh, putting out before the game. You know, that's, uh, that's what they were uh, holding onto as their, <laughs> to be honest. He was their only hope. He was their only hope because um, we said it about you know the, the the same team as last week, but the intent was going to be totally different. Last week we were very subdued and cautious. We were passing the ball around for possession's sake. We were not taking too many big risks, really, uh, and, and that's why we had the team that we had last week. They played a different way, but at home, my God, we were a different beast. Same team. Uh, but it looked like, honestly, that we had 12 or 13 players and they had 10 um, and that they, they were, um, you know, school children and we were grown men because the golfing class. I mean, look, they've got loads of fantastic players, loads of guys who've won. Benzema's won the Champions League five times. You know, someone else has won it five times. Loads of guys have won the Champions League. They've got that experience. They've got that history. They've got that aura. And we made them look bang average. And that's how good we were. And that's how... That's why we're the best team in the world. There's no question about it. You know, when, when if you put everybody on the top of their game, City are the best by a long way. Well, well, I don't know about you guys, but I was actually, I, 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 I emailed, uh, sorry, messaged a Ray to ask, uh, could I please have the Real Madrid lineup? Because you know, City fans are so gung ho. They didn't even, um, you know, like no one even posted that. But anyway, here it was. Um, uh, and uh, several of them were notable. Courtois obviously had the game of his life. Otherwise, that could have been a cricket score. Carvajal, a fairly anonymous Militao, um, ineffective. Uh, Alaba, one great shot, I think. Camavinga, that everyone's um, creaming over, uh, has been converted into um, um, a fullback by uh, Ancelotti. Um didn't do much Valverde. I didn't even know he was at the game. Cruz had a, a shot that hit the bar. And uh, we'll talk about these things later. Modric was fairly, you know, fairly quiet. Rodrigo, uh, our assassin um, in, in the last, um, uh, you know, game we had against them at this kind of a stage, wasn't up to much. Benzema, uh, you know, a little bit slow. Vinicius was um, was basically Kyle Walkered. Um, uh, through this game, that's what I thought. Anyway, um, uh, Bernard, what did you think of the um, of the Real Madrid uh, lineup? Because they didn't have too many game changers that I could see on their bench. We had two or three of them. What did you reckon? Was, yeah, I mean, he did, he did what he did what Pep did really. So he's more or less would, he would have played that team last week. He would have played that identical team uh, last week against us if he had obviously if Militao hadn't been suspended. So yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't change anything but obviously there was something changed and as, as Ray said there I think the change was City basically it was a totally different uh, City that played last night to what played last Tuesday and that caught them, caught them cold I think and I don't think that team I don't think they could have added anyone as I said apart from Rudiger who may have made it a bit more physical uh, there's not a lot they could have done on the bench to to change the quality of that team I don't think Yeah what was your what was your view Ray on that one? On which one sorry? So just um, the the threat of the Real Madrid um, lineup. Well, the threat. I mean, look, he was pretty much the same as last week. But um, so you you, I didn't think 
the combination of things. I didn't think they'd be as poor as they were, um, but that is a combination. Is it was it the Smiths or I can't remember which band said, or was it the Mission? In the Mission, that was it. The Mission said this. Um, it wasn't that they were shit that made us look good. It was that we were so good that it made them look shit, and I think that really it, it sums it up. We were out of this world. We were off this. Planet. We were playing a football that so many people have come back and said that's the best pundits, managers, ex-players have come back and said that's the best football they've ever seen. So many people. So they can't all be wrong, can they? It was a level of football. And you've got to remember who we're playing against. We're playing against history, heritage, you know, and that counts for something. It can't, it certainly counts for something. Last year at the Bernabeu when we got beat, um, Real Madrid know what, how to do it and what they know what to do. They're still full of you know, experience in players like Benzema, like Modric, like Tony Cruz. I think he's won it five times. Um, and then you've got the younger upcoming up, up stars like Camavinga and Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo. So they're full. They've got that a good combination. And we made them look, as I said earlier, bang average. We made them look poor. And that's how good we were. And so the same. Then all those players, we beat them 4-0. We missed a stack of chances. A stack of chances. Haaland should have scored. Uh, Courtois made some fantastic saves. Fantastic saves. Mm -hmm. And on top of all that, I'm going to say this out loud. I thought KDB and Haaland were, were not really at the races yesterday. So we beat Real Madrid 4-0 with all that history and all those players. Our players weren't all at it. We missed a hat full of chances. Courtois had a, one, one of the games of his, lives, of his life and we won 4-0. You know, if we'd won eight or nine, you could not have said it was not deserved. Honestly, we I've just got to keep repeating, we were that, that good. That first half took your breath away. It is some of the most outstanding football pressing um, pass that you you will ever see. Uh, we were that good. Yeah, uh, uh, Bernard, um, one of the first indications, of course, seven minutes in, and uh, Erling Holland did everything Right. I mean, he skated past Courtois down the inside left, pulled it back, and there was no one there. Where where was uh, Gundogan? Where was Bernardo? There was nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as Ray said there, Haaland didn't have, didn't have the greatest of games. He was unlucky a couple of times because of Courtois. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you must admit, you think, well, where's Haaland? You thought, well, Haaland's, Haaland's just supplying it, so, you know, he's not going to be there as well, which you expect him to be with all the goals he scores. But, uh yeah, I mean, that was, as you say, that was seven minutes. I think Kyle Walker had a ludicrous attempt from about 50 yards after three minutes, didn't he? Which uh, was high and wide. And I thought, oh, Kyle, come on, mate, you're not going to score from there. But yeah, I mean, without without peppering the goal initially, you could just say, I don't think they got out of their half, did they, for the first, what, 30 minutes? I don't think they, I don't think they left yeah. Real Madrid got out of their own half. Uh, I'm fairly sure of that. I think the first shot they had was 32 minutes. And even though it wasn't Courtois being, sort of tested time and time again, you, you could just see that City, City were, were just rampaging as as far as passing the ball around them. And uh, it was only a matter of time, really, before we'd, we'd eventually take the lead. It was, And I think one of the reporters said that uh, how, how it's going, no doubt Real Madrid will take the lead because that's what they usually do against the run of play. But uh, fortunately, they didn't. Uh, Ray Courtois was amazing on the night. Yeah. I mean, using his thigh, using his fingertips. I mean, some thunderous headers from um, Holland that on any other day would have been, you know, bulging the back of the net, but it just didn't happen for him. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of things. Um, Courtois was brilliant. G give him total credit, but also Haaland. I think two of them, he couldn't, one or two of them, he couldn't do anything about because Courtois made great saves. But I think there, there was one where he headed it straight at Courtois. Um, which he really should have uh, should have done better. He should have scored. Uh, I think that it was nil nil at the time. He should have scored. And there's another one. I think we were two nil up at the time, where he just he was put through, but he just couldn't control it. I think it was put through. It was Gundogan. I mean, Gundogan, you know, fantastic. He played last night. He did a um, a back heel. Was it a back heel nutmeg through? A, yeah. A, yeah. A, you know, um, through. I don't know whose legs it was, but uh, um, and Harlan just couldn't control it. If he could, if he'd got a good touch on that with his left foot, he would have scored. I'm a hundred percent sure he'd have slammed it past Courtois. He'd have hit it so hard, Courtois wouldn't have moved. But he just couldn't get 
uh, under control properly. And he ended up, you know, I think, uh, trying to control it with his left, then controlling it with his right because he didn't control it properly with his left. And then his shot just didn't have the right curl on it, you know, enough power, enough curl. And um, and, and uh, Courtois, I think he hit his side and then hit the crossbar. Um, and and Haaland again pounded the ground because in his he's shown his frustration. But he should have scored a goal or two last night. But uh, we got to talk about Alan, right? He does have a tendency to get the ball stuck under him, doesn't he? Where you know it, a lot of times this has happened. I mean, we can't quibble over his goal scoring, of course we can't. But there's a lot of times where you think he's hitting the ball and he's not quite right, is he? He's not set right, and it happens a hell. It doesn't just happen once. It certainly, right. as you said, it happened in the second half with that one he just mentioned. Then where he could have easily put it another yard to. Courtois, right, uh, Courtois left. It was a goal, simple as that. Yeah. But he hit it at him because he got caught under him, and he yeah. seems to do this a lot. I think sometimes. I mean, yesterday it wasn't just him. There was a few players who were a little bit overexcited. Let's say they had a bit too much adrenaline pumping through. I mean, we don't get me wrong. We we were brilliant, but we could have been even more brilliant. KDB, some of his passes just overhit them put too much weight on them. A few players did that when we were through. And it's like, what are you doing, guys? You know, how can you overhit them by so much? You know, it's not one of these things where if you overhit something by just a little bit, they can still, play can still get on it and still do well. But you're, you're hitting it so hard, it's going out. And when we were through... I mean, it, they're giving up on it. They're not even chasing it because they know they're not going to get to it. Yeah. 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 So, it, you know, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of adrenaline pumping. But here's the thing. He's got how many goals this season? Just imagining he's 22 years old. Just imagine when he actually learns how to play football over the next two or three years and eradicate some of these mistakes, you know, in controlling the ball. I've seen him get better this season in controlling the ball uh, with his back to goal, you know, uh, and, and dropping deep, controlling it, laying it off. He's a totally different player now than he was six months ago. I've, so that's that he's getting better there. He, he needs to get better in the air. I saw him get jumped, out jumped by Modric. Uh, sorry, how, how does that happen? Uh, Haaland's six foot five and Modric is about five foot seven. And, um, you know, so he, I think he's got to do a bit more in the air when he's not in the box. When he's in the box, he's different in the air because he knows he can score and he, he gets high and he's using his power. But when he's in the middle of the park, he's, he's a bit lazy. So these, these are a little, I'm, I'm, you know, picking at airs here, but he will get better. We are we 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 are um, picking at straws um, a little bit there, Ray. Because just for an example, on the twenty-minute mark, I mean, Courtois was completely uh, wrong-footed. That was for all the world going in, yeah. Uh, and and somehow he managed to keep it out. Um, Holland, he on on any other night he would have scored a hat trick, but we just had them. Um, Apparently, who they're calling the best goalkeeper in the world. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but Courtois is—he's a giant man, that's for sure, yeah. and um, he—he's uh, very agile with it. But let's go to the goal, guys, because um, it was a bittersweet moment for me. It was a beautiful goal by Bernardo, but then again, all of us are kind of convinced that he's—he's um, he's off for uh, warmer climbs, you know, uh, during the summer, but. Um, this is a this this was a beautiful goal. So we'll we'll ask Bernard to talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, I think he gave old Courtois the eye, didn't he? Courtois was sort of positioned okay, and I'm sure Bernard he expected it to be shot across him uh, to his right hand side, and obviously Bernard will probably give him a little eye to do that. And we, I mean, we've seen we've seen uh, a bit poor powerful in the past. We've seen Aguero do that sort of thing, but obviously a lot lethal, a lot harder shot, but. Bernardo gave Courtois the eye, and he was he was flat-footed because he he didn't expect it. Uh, he was probably misjudged where his near post was just a little bit, and he didn't expect it. And he was just flat-footed, and uh, Bernardo sort of he sort of placed it in, didn't he? We'll talk about his header later, but he, he just sort of placed it into the goal. Fantastic, fantastic goal. Uh, what twelve yards out was he about that? Mm. Uh, superb. I mean, Bernardo for me, I was. Not on the verge, but the last few games he's, he's perhaps not been quite at it. And, uh, of course, Dundo outshone him the other day. But Bernardo last night, all right, he didn't. I don't think he started off too great. But um, when we needed someone to step up, uh, it was Bernardo's turn last night. As I said, as Ray's intimated, a couple of the players weren't quite at it. But uh, Bernardo in front of goal, uh, fantastic goal. Took it superbly. Well, Brilliant. Well, 
it, it was Kevin De Bruyne uh, who was not having his best night. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. most people would agree. That, that actually that probably, made that, that was probably only one of the good things pass wise he did all night. In fairness, uh, but yeah, yeah, he made that goal, and then you had the the astonishing sort of scene of Ancelotti, um, you know, dragging Vinicius Junior over to the touchline and yelling at him for one thing or another. Um, but the, at this point, guys, it was 78%, 78% possession to City. Everything was taking place in, 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 in their half. And uh, they, were, they were a shadow of themselves, Ray, weren't they? Well, when I say that, I mean, they were well beaten in La Liga. Uh, Barcelona, you know, were miles ahead of them. So, I mean, this kind of thing can be... Um, they can have they can have nights like this, but it, it was getting embarrassing. Um, Ray at, at one point, fantastic. <laughs> you know, you call it embarrassing. I call Not it for us. us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but bottom line is, Mike, it it was we were good. I mean, there's there's no getting away from this. We were so good. That's why, um, you know, and and that's why the that we made this couple of things. We made them look bad. Okay, because we were so good. Also, I think they're at the end. Okay, some of these players, you know, Benzema's done all right this season, you know, in the Champions League and stuff, but he's what, 35? Uh, Modric is 37. Cruz has turned 30. Um, so one or two players are knocking on a bit. So, they, in, especially midfield, they just didn't have the legs to cope with us. And if we're bossing midfield the way we bossed it, then that puts the, their defence under pressure. And their defence couldn't cope because. You know they're under too much pressure. Uh, we we were just so far superior to them that they, they struggled all all over the pitch. Um, their attackers didn't offer much because the midfield weren't giving them anything. You know, um, to, to 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 work with. So all over the pitch they were uh, they weren't even second best. I mean they were lucky to get nil. I mean that's how bad they were, and that's how bad we made made, made them. Look. Uh, Bernard, um, just when people were thinking that City were not going to get the reward in terms of goals that their dominance demanded. Uh, we got the second, and I tell you what, guys, um, that header from uh, Bernardo Silva for his second, that was not that was not easy. I mean, he was really far out, and um, I think that was what that was a Gundogan shot that uh, was blocked by the goalkeeper, and uh, that was def- that was not an easy nod in. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, Bernard. No, I mean just just give Real Madrid a little bit of credit. Though before that, they did have a couple of half chances, didn't they? They had um, Edison had to rush out to claim a ball on the edge of the area, just on the half an hour, just over half an hour. And of course, they hit the bar, didn't they? I wasn't too sure. Again, a bit like that Everton one last week, whether uh, Edison did actually get a glove on it. I don't know, Ray. Have you thought he got, did he get a glove on it? Um, it's, I think it's back it, against it, the crossbar, it, didn't it? Yeah, I think he did because the um, uh, one of the other players came to congratulate him. I mean, it, it went out; they didn't get a corner from it, but I think yeah. one of the players yeah. did congratulate him for the save. It wasn't; it would have; it was really just fingertips. Uh, yeah, I so I mean, he did have a couple. Real Madrid did at least come back into it, but that was the thirty-second and thirty-fourth minute. But then, as uh, Mike's just pointed out, there we got the second goal. And I think we footballers play a lot of head tennis, don't we? Obviously, I know the old City players back in the gym used to love playing head tennis and stuff like this. Yeah, sure Tony Book and the guys. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure they still do that. I mean, I've watched some of the videos of the train, and you see bits and pieces. Well, that was just, uh, if you like, he, he just he just placed it. He just superbly placed it. He knew where he was heading it. It wasn't just sheer, I'll head it in the direction of the goal. He was heading it to beat the defender in the corner and get it right into the corner. It, it was, a, it was a, for me, a brilliant header. It was so, looked so simple. But I think you intimated there, Mike. It, it was quite difficult to, to accomplish. And it was superb, a, a brilliant headed goal that, we were up, of course. We were up uh, 37 minutes, 2-0. And you're thinking uh, this this could looks good for the night. Mm-hmm. It was good. And, and guys, we saw um, Pep, who, for some reason, I, I don't know why, he on some of these nights he dresses like a, a junior undertaker, all in black, running up and down. Uh, he... He's it's quite funny. Fashion. I think it's called fashion, Mike, because old farts wouldn't know about it. But I think. It's well, I don't know. He, 
it's it's quite funny. I don't. Uh, no one else apart from me has noticed uh, this, but uh, Pep has taken to wearing um, black. Uh, what looks like golf shoes with stack heels. Um, I don't know if um, I don't know if that, if, if that adds a couple of inches onto his height, but um, every every little bit helps, Mike. Every yeah. little bit helps. Every I, little, I, little think, bit helps. I think JDB had something to shout at him, didn't he? But I don't know. I don't know whether that was to do with his fashion sense later on or, or something else. But <laughs> I think he shouted, "I don't like your gear, boss," or something like that. Some something hmm. like that. Anyway. But I did. I did notice a couple of times after that um, uh, that second goal, and just before half time, you could see why that um, Kyle Walker has still something to offer. Now, guys, there were lots of reports in the paper showing his speed statistics. As a thirty-two-year-old, did you realise that he is actually uh, his average speed is right up there with some of the world's top sprinters? Uh, it, it's incredible, and and he got. I saw at least two occasions when he, he got the other side of Vinicius Junior, and uh, you know, tapped the ball out or ushered him out. Yeah, he I mean, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of sprinters, Mike. Obviously, mature, don't they? they? They do actually get more powerful and faster as they get older. So that's probably the reason why. Yeah, I guess it's all to do with the upper body strength. But he was he was magnificent. I thought uh, for the limited job that he that he had to do, I would think uh, Jack Grealish was um, looking a bit tasty, Ray as well. I mean, we've all given him a lot of criticism, but he's he's come on leaps and bounds. I think Ray. Um. <laughs> Ray's right. gonna pour Ray's gonna pour cold cold water all over that. He was good. Don't get me wrong. He was good. Okay. Um. But as uh, did he assist? Did he create anything particularly apart from winning free kicks and uh, no. looking good on the ball? There you uh, go. Pre-assists is pre-assists. That's pre the thing. Well, he doesn't look as good as Baldy David Silver, who was the king of the pre-assist. Here's the thing, Mike. Okay, after the game, one of the uh, um, interviews, uh, Grealish was there, and they had um, Kyle Walker as well. And they asked, basically, they wanted Carl Walker to blow smoke up Grealish's backside, and he didn't. He says, when he's good, I'll tell him he's good. When he's not so good, I'll tell him, you know. Um, and as Bernard said, Grealish had a good game. He did what he, he, he was required to do. He did all that. Um, but also, he, um, he, he didn't create. He's a wide man. You want him to create. You know, okay, it was his pre-assist. You could argue his pass to Gundogan, who, who ran, ran onto the ball uh, and, and smashed well, yeah, it. Most of, the, most of the City team get involved in pre-assists anyway. It's nothing clever about that. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to talk about the king of the pre-assists, Mike, you know, I'm, we'll, when we get to the fourth goal, talk about the king of the pre-assists with what Phil Foden did. That was probably oh yeah, oh yeah. That was, that was an assist actually. Otherwise, if you want the king of the pre-assists, Mares did a pre-assist to Foden. It was just a simple ball. Foden did a proper assist. Now, that's proper play. Um, that's what Foden can do. That's why he's brilliant. We'll, we'll come to that. But, um, no, I, I, absolutely um, um, agree. He did what he needed to do on the night. As it, the, Here's the thing. Individuals don't need to look brilliant, okay? The sum of the parts last night far exceeded individual performances. There's a few players that shone. You know, obviously, Bernardo shone, Gundogan shone, uh, Edison did well. Um, I think Walker did well in a couple of the defenders. Very, very solid. Rodri as well. Other players didn't need to shine. Haaland, poor game, if you're honest. KDB, okay, apart from a couple of moments of magic, he was off, off his game. Same as Grealish. So you don't all need to be functioning at the top level. Don't think Grealish was. I wouldn't give him a five out of ten. I'll give him a seven. You know, other players are getting, you know, Bernardo, I'm giving Bernardo an eleven. Um, and some of the others were getting nines and tens, but Grealish seven. And I tell you what, seven's good enough in that team. You don't have to be the star. And I, I'm, I'm never going to blow when you know smoke up players' backsides and say they're the best in the world and everything else. No, no, no. While City have been playing really, really well in the last uh, couple of months, Grealish has done well, but he's not. You know, he's, he's not been setting the world on fire. That that. We're not, we're not going wow, are we? We're not yeah. going wow. That's what Walker said. Walker said he needs to add goals to his game. He needs to get 10 goals a season. Then, then he's playing at the level you want. You know, getting four or five, no, it's not good enough. 10 league goals a season is what really should be getting. Then you say, yep, the guy's doing what you need to do. Ten, I mean, honestly, you look back, he should, he, 
I honestly believe you should get 10 league goals and 10 assists a season. And then once again, you've got the goals and assists coming from everywhere. You're not relying on Haaland to score all the goals. You need it spread around. And if Gundogan can do it, <coughs> excuse me, if, if Leroy Sani, when he was here, could get 10 assists, why can't Grealish? I think Sani once hasn't got 15 goals and 10 assists or something crazy. Grealish should be, he's playing out wide, he should be doing the same. Well, guys, um, at halftime, the, um, Angelotti with his his wonderful raised eyebrows and his players looked absolutely shell-shocked. And although they did have a, a decent sort of five minutes at the beginning of the second half, you had um, a wonderful example of um, um, Ria, Ru, Ruben Diaz, uh, you know, channeling Fernandinho with a, with a lovely little technical foul on um, Vinicius Jr., and this gave uh, David Alaba a chance. Now, if you doubted that Aderson had actually got any fingertips on that save in the first half, you can't argue with this one. This was a magnificent save, so much that all of the commentators, even even the, the ones like McManaman that hate us, were saying that uh, that save by Ederson was the, the equal of the one of Courtois. I don't know that I would go that far, but it was a fantastic, fantastic save and a great, a, a great dipping um, um, shot from a, a David Alaba, Ray. Yeah, sorry, I missed that last, last bit, Mike. Can you just repeat? Yeah, no, I'm just talking about um, six minutes into the uh, into the second half. The, the David the David Alaba um, free kick. dipping free kick. Oh, yeah, and, sorry, yeah. Um, that 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 was a that was just a great save. Yeah, it was a great save, and it was he was a long way out. And you think, yeah, he's, he's, he's someone at the door. But I will answer the question. He was a long way out. You thought he's got no chance. He had this cracking shot, and Edison only just got his finger. It was an unbelievable save. You know, all those people said oh, Edison can't save anything. Very long there. Well, while we're waiting for you to come back from making the cup of tea, we're going to ask a real goalkeeper here in Bernard. Bernard, what, what, what was that? How good of a save was that? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be blown away. I would say it was a very, very good save, but it's a save I expect an international keeper to make. It was a cracking save. It was within his remit to do it because obviously the ball, he didn't have to move yards for it. He was well positioned, as he should be, and that's that's part of being an international keeper. Uh, and he, he saw it, and he, he did what he had to do with it. So I thought it was a very good save. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say possibly on the night it was uh, comparable with one or two of Courtois, which were far better. Uh, but, you know, great save. Good save I expected an international keeper to make, uh, and, and he did, because uh, if it had been, I'll say, another couple of yards either way, he might have struggled, but uh, he had his wall positioned as in the right place, etc., etc. I ex- I fully expect Edison to do that, and he had a crack. I thought he had a cracking game last night, and uh, that was a great save. Out of ten, Bernard, would it, would you give it an, uh, what seven, eight, nine for that the save? Yeah, seven, 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 seven and a half. He's a tight man, you know. I'd, I'd I'd give Edison an eight for that. I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great save. I thought he was wrong-footed as well, and it did swerve a bit. Um, and I think he, he, you know. He could have been caught. Yeah, he kept his eye. He did what a goalie should do. Keep your eye on it and react. You know, that's all you have to do. You don't, don't do anything stupid. Just keep watch it. Watch the flight of it. And sometimes these, obviously when I used to play football, the ball balls were a bit heavier than what we get now, what, what they use now. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously they do deviate a little bit and it's you've got to concentrate. And Edison gets a bit of stick for lack of concentration sometimes, a bit erratic. Mm. But uh, he did he did the standard what he should should be doing with that sort of thing. Yeah. You already should be used to heavy balls, shouldn't you, Bernard? Oh, I've always, always had heavy balls, yes. <laughs> Ray, there was a fascinating moment just after that when De Bruyne went across and had a Barney with Guardiola and, and apparently, <laughs> according, according to the um, a lot of the scribes, it was not Guardiola yelling at De Bruyne for some, um, you know, some, some mistake. It was De Bruyne yelling at Guardiola to tell him to shut up for his well, constant inter- interference from the technical area. See, no, Pep, apparently he said, pass the ball, because KDB just lost the ball. He lost, he lost the ball, didn't he, basically? Haaland was starting to run and KDB yeah. lost it. We were, I think, two on three, but we had Haaland on the run, like Bernard said. And second half, KDB was poor, you know? If, 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 
if we if that had been a, look if if we'd lost the game or we'd um, you know it was tighter, people would have noticed it more. But second half, as I said, some poor passes, some poor runs. He looked tired. He looked tired as well. I, w- I would have had, t- I'd have taken him off after about sixty-five minutes because I just didn't think he had the legs. And I wanted that. I think that's what I wanted in that midfield was the legs because KDB he's deceptive. He's got a bit of pace about him. He can get past players, and he and obviously he's creative and he can shoot and score. So you know he's a very dangerous animal and it the only way i could get around it was i was thinking well, do we move bernardo into the middle bring mares on on the right but you lose you'd have lost obviously bernardo on the right um so kdb didn't pass the ball uh he got it smothered he lost it and it was a, i think it was a good opportunity for us and uh so i don't know did pep spoke to him in spanish and um, um i don't know if de bruyne speaks spanish no no he spoke back in french <laughs> <laughs> He spoke back in French, and he was saying, uh, "Tetois, tetois, shut up, shut up." Um, that's that's when you're speaking to a friend. Uh, if there is one, if you go back a few years, there's an Algerian manager before the current one. I think it was an Algerian manager. Someone criticised him in a uh, in a press conference or something, and I think it was Algerian. He just shouted, "Tetzevu, tetzevu." That's like. Obviously, using vu, it's a bit more polite to use vu, but the way, but saying tezi vu isn't polite. And tetua, you know, it's what my kids say. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it is, it's quite, I think, anyway, a bit of it, bit insulting. It's like shut up, but in a slightly more uh, aggressive, demeaning way. Um, so, yeah. But look, what was. What, more importantly, how, how, how was the fallout when he went when he was taken off? Uh, I didn't see him personally. Everything all right? There was no yeah, yeah. end of the game. Yeah. They were hugging. Look, yeah. I okay. think I think at, at that moment, Pep will. You have to be pragmatic. You know what's he going to do? Uh, you know, Hall. Um, I know he walked away. He walked back to the bench, didn't he? And just yeah, just yeah, yeah. Well, what, to just his head. When KDB spoke back to him, what was Pep going to do? Haul him off? Yeah. You know, and I think Pep. It's his age. His maturity. He's pragmatic. Um, as Thierry Henry, there was a game. In the Champions League was it in the Champions League final years ago, uh, Barcelona or, or whatever, and and um, Pepe told him Henri to play on the left and stay there, okay. But Henri was bored because he weren't getting the ball or whatever, so he drifted and he scored a goal, okay. And I think he said Pep took him off at half time for not listening to him. All right, that might have been about 12 15 <laughs> years ago. So Pep has matured, you know, even Pep, uh, he's grown up because yes, these little things happen in the heat at the moment, um. You know, and you, you can let it slide. Um, if maybe in other circumstances you wouldn't, but hey, it's KDB. KDB is KDB. Well, a couple of interesting uh, incidents, guys. Um, on the seventieth minute, um, Tony Cruz is taken off and uh, replaced by Marco Asensio. Now, for for guys that are a little bit younger, uh, um, you might not remember. Him, he was a player with a with a real habit for spectacular goals. Asensio, all you have to do is um, go onto YouTube and just check the highlights reel. Unbelievable goals! He wasn't able to 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 do very much in, in this game. I did get a um, a sense of the quality of the referee because in on the seventy first minute, I think it was Vinicius tried to. Uh, to con the referee into giving a, a penalty um, for uh, a push on uh, a push by John Stones, and uh, the referee was having no, no, none of that at all. I mean, he was like really, really, uh, totally, uh, uh, you know, disinterested. But we're coming into the the the, si- the, the final uh, phase of the game, and uh, my goodness, uh, what was that on the seventy third minute? Holland uh, changing passes with Gundogan, and somehow uh, Courtois. Courtois. Courtois must have had. I don't know. He must have been consulting his his um, his therapist before this game. How he managed to uh, deflect that ball over the bar, I've got absolutely no idea. But he was having the game of his life, Bernard. And as yeah. a, as a goalkeeper, you 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 can appreciate that. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he have a game of his life against uh, Liverpool in the thing? Like, I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the it was the Champions League final last year. He he was brilliant, I believe, uh, and that's what Courtois is capable of. Uh, you're obviously talking about that instance. Uh, yeah, that was more Haaland 
not as we commented, I think Ray commented, we talked about it a bit earlier. That was sort of Haaland not quite getting it right and getting it from under his feet. Uh, and he, what, what, course what I can do any great guy you think back to Peter Schmeichel is make his physical frame in that sort of position where if a striker does hit it and it's not quite right it's a good chance it'll hit a knee it'll hit the shoulder it'll hit somewhere uh, and that's that's a quality a quality goalkeeper that that's what quality goalkeepers do they don't necessarily have to make a reflex save they make themselves big enough to actually uh deflect a shot or stop a shot and that's what it did and obviously it was lucky that it bounced up onto the bar and over uh, but yeah uh, Courtois, I like Courtois distribution wise is a bit basic um, you know he certainly wouldn't perhaps fall into Pep's remit as a, as a keeper but as a stopper hey, there's, there's not many I don't think there's many uh, about any better at the moment Ray this really makes me mad because um Everything seemed different on the commentaries last night, but apparently now, when you look at the um, uh, the printed press, at least the printed press on the internet, they've given City's third goal as an own goal to Militao. Now, we know how much Akanji has been desperate to score all season. You, you can remember uh, that comic moment when... Um, Akanji was throwing his hands up in the air and John Stone was was laughing at him because um, the ball kept coming through to him and, and um, uh, it always seemed to be that Holland got on the end of it. But um, I don't know, uh, guys. Well, we'll, um, well, maybe we'll start with Bernard first and say um, that particular goal, obviously it's a Kevin De Bruyne free kick. It's flicked on by Akanji and... Uh, it it touches Militao before going past Courtois, and the the well according to the Guardian they've given it to Militao as an own goal. That seems incredibly unfair. Yeah, I mean the rules for own goals are if, if that ball's on target, surely it should be uh, given to the guy as long as it's on. It doesn't matter if the goal is there ready to save it. If the ball is actually if no one else touched it, going to end up in the net, then it should be allocated to the guy. I didn't know you're you're even telling me this now. I thought I thought Kanji had been awarded it, but obviously this is news to me. I didn't didn't realise that. Uh, but I've not looked closely at the tra- trajectory of the ball, whether it was going on target or not. But uh, very fortunate to get the goal. But so what? It's a cracking ball from KDB. One of the only other good things he did on on the night, and a Kanji deserves it for being up there and doing it and as you said that that did make us laugh when it when he was uh, upset that overtime about about not not getting a chance to score a goal and I thoroughly you know for the for how he's playing I mean again he stepped up last night he, he kept that we talk about Vinicius Jr but he kept that other side happy it was it Rodrigo's on that side he, he was superb again last night and he even had a chance to get up up and down all the time as Pep wanted him to uh, he thoroughly deserved it. If he has had it taken off him, I'll, I'll be a bit disappointed. Well, that's what that's what it says on the Guardian. But Ray, you and me are the same age. We used to play football. Now, wasn't the wasn't the rule always power counts? If you struck at the goal and no, it was it was he, it was heading in, it was heading in, but some defender got like an unlucky deflection, providing it didn't send the goalkeeper the other way. That was your goal. I, I don't think so, Mike. I think it's a, m- a more recent uh, fad that as long as it's on target, it counts as a goal, you know, as your goal. So, How many times have you seen a shot on target? The goalkeeper's lined up to save it. it. It might be a trickle, it might be a poor shot. It takes a deflection and goes in and it's awarded to the person who had the shot. I, I, I don't think that's fair. You know, but it's an easy way for them to do it. Otherwise, you'd have, you'd have to review every goal on its own merits. Um, this one, um, look, I, I've seen it a few times, actually. I've not thought about whose goal it should be. But if the current situation is, the current, um, what we call it, rules, the current uh, thinking is as long as it's on target, um, it's a goal. And it doesn't matter if the goalie would have saved it. As long, and if it was on target, then it has to be a goal for a kanji. Simple as that. Well, uh, guys, I haven't checked all the other um, uh, pieces of reporting. I'm just going by what the Guardian have said. But um, anyway, interesting um, substitutions because finally my man comes on, me and 100,000 uh, other Algerians. It's Riyadh uh, on for Ilkay Gundogan, who's obviously um, um, done as much as he could do. 
uh, and he did. He was able to play a part. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit um, uh, later on. We have this other substitution that everyone's raving about. Um, this young fella called uh, Chua Many, and uh, if you read all of the reports, uh, Liverpool are after him. But I have no idea how they could afford that guy. Um, also, uh, they brought on uh, Lucas Vazquez for um, uh, Camavinga, and uh, we're playing out the um, the the last sort of uh, ten minutes. the The game is done. We've got them beaten. Um, Phil Foden comes on for uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And um, we didn't think there was going to be, I mean, I didn't think there was going to be any icing on the cake, uh, Bernard, but um, apparently it did. And it didn't look good for Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. Well, can you just come back on to that? I just want to mention, I just want to mention the uh, Edison's Pickford moment. Uh, (laughs) We talked about Pickford and his Phil Jones moments. Well, there was one instance where Edison ended up uh, falling over and sort of back. Bicycle, bicycle kicking it out with it while he was like his feet were up in the air. I don't you remember that. And then obviously it actually came back and he made a better save uh, a few seconds later. But uh, it was quite. I've not seen any stills of it, but it, it looked quite impressive. He was he was sort of on his bum and he managed to stick his legs in the air and the and the guy trying to take the shot or cross it he ended up ended up uh, saving it with his feet even though he didn't know much about it. So that was quite funny, but. That was would have been a consolation goal, of, obviously at three one, because I think it was like eighty seven minutes or, or something like that. But I know Ray's already hinted at the Phil Foden uh, role in this goal, so I'll pass it over to him. This this uh, fourth goal. Well, the fourth goal. I mean, actually, I I, um, I, I don't normally do any more these uh, watch along streams. I don't. I've not done them for a couple of years, I think. But I, I, I went on about five minutes before the end of the game. I thought I'll just. Uh, now, I normally do a stream at, at, at full time, but I thought I'll come on just before the end. Um, and I was saying, I just want to see, just, you know, to, to, to get that. I didn't use those actual words, get the icing on the cake, that phrase. But I wanted a fourth goal to really show our dominance. Um, you know, I, I, look, I, I'll be honest, but the first and second goal, I was screaming and running around uh, my lounge. Um, you know, it, it was. It, you know, my lads were lads are not that as into football as they used to be, and they're wondering what's going on or what's all this noise. Um, and then the third goal, it was just like a, you know, a relief because I, I think we needed that third goal because then then it was gone then, uh, and that was more more relief than anything. That fourth goal was really icing on the cake, and um, and it, it was great. It shows obviously the quality of us. We got um, the three subs. So Mares passes it to um, Forden. Forden, you know, we we saw that there was a no look pass. Was it an, uh, from Gabriel Jesus? It wasn't a no look pass. The Arsenal one that they keep showing that you know he was actually looking. He passed the ball, then he looked the other way, and they call that a no look pass. No, 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 no. Uh, Forden did a no look pass. He he'd already sized up the situation. He'd already scanned the uh, horizon. He knew where everybody was. He got the ball and he did a no proper no-look pass inside the defender, in between the two defenders. And Alvarez was on the run. It was a, it really was a beautiful pass, sublime. It's a thing of beauty, that pass from Phil Foden, right onto Alvarez's foot. And Alvarez did what Haaland couldn't. He just was calm, collected, and slotted it past uh, Courtois. He, you know, the ball was a great ball. And he didn't have to, you know, uh, step out of position. He, was, he changed his course of his run or anything. It was, was a perfect ball. Uh, and it was down the middle enough of the goal so that he could have gone either way. He could have bent it round uh, the outside of Courtois or, uh, you know, uh, closed his foot and put it on the inside and he closed his foot. Courtois had no chance. Uh, if he'd gone the right way, he wouldn't have saved it because it was, it was, you know, it was, everything was about that goal was right. I mean, Haaland could take a look at this and say, that's what composure is. You know, Haaland with a bit of composure at times. Look, who are we, who are we to criticise Haaland? He's got 50-odd goals. But, that's what composure can get you. And Haaland could have 60 or 70 goals this season with a bit of composure. Yeah, I, was, I was glad for Alvarez because I think, I wouldn't say he's been thrown under the bus by Pep, but he's been asking him to play a sort of midfielder sort of role, which is not what he's, it's not his best uh, thing. Not yet, anyway. I'll probably train him into it eventually. But uh, so I was happy because the last couple of games where he started, he's perhaps not shown as much and for his own, for his own psychology, if you like, as, as well as he could do. And, 
as Ray said, that that was just he knew what he was doing. He, you know, he didn't panic. He got through on goal. He didn't do you know like say someone like Ryan Sterling would have panicked and hit it against the goalkeeper or fluffed it all together. He just took his time. He, he waited to see what Courtois was going to do. I mean, all this happens what in a split second, and yet he seemed to have the time, as Ray said there, to decide what exactly he was going to do. It didn't matter which side he put it. You know, it wasn't just a matter of hitting the target. He knew where it was going. And Alvarez, he's such a young, he's only a young lad uh, to show such composure. I mean, the world is his lobster, as we say, uh, going forward. Uh, but I was so happy for him, as I said, because I think Pep sort of played him in a couple of roles where he's not been quite happy recently. And now I know why why Ray wears sunglasses so much, because the future is so bright. <laughs> You've got to wear shades. Now, the thing is, though, Ray... I mean, Alvarez had been on the minute uh, on the pitch for about a minute and a half. Minute. It shows you what a, what a predatory instinct he has. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, look, also, I mean, you know, Real Madrid weren't that bothered. <laughs> but hey, you take advantage of that. You know, the number of times we've been battered by teams in, in the past when we were rubbish. So we we need to make sure we give them a good battering. So um, yeah, no, predatory instinct. You're right. He was in the right place, right time. Everything, as I said, everything about that goal was 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 superb, spot on, you know. Um, and, and hey, who cares about Real Madrid? It was it was a true icing on the cake. You know, I was a bit greedy. I was asking for a fifth after that because <laughs> um, always want a bit, a little bit more. Always want one more. Um, but it just shows the future is so positive for City. You know, with Alvarez developing, um, you know. I think he's done a lot better than anybody would have expected this season. You know, I think when I talked about him a year ago before before he came over, I thought, you know, okay, he'll be... I didn't even think he'd come in July. I thought he'd come after the World Cup and then, you know, he'd have six months just to see what's going on. And I, didn't even, I hardly thought he'd be used. The guy's got, what, 16, 17 goals this season, you know, for, for City. And he's a World Cup winner and he's got a few goals for Argentina as well. So he's had a cracking season. He's had a cracking season and um, questions going to crop up at some point. I don't think next year is how much game time is he going to get. How can Pep play him? You know, as Bernard said, you know, is he going to get not? You know, you can argue recently he hasn't had much game time, but Haaland's been scoring goals and we've been playing so well. Like it's hard to change the team that much. Um, but I'd like to think that depending on what happens on Saturday when Arsenal play Nottingham Forest, hopefully Forest do them and we win the title without having to play on Sunday, then that's a chance for Alvarez to get a game. Maybe maybe not against Chelsea, uh, but Pep can change his mind overnight if, you know, if, the, if the title's... Well, I, th- I think I think if, if Arsenal don't do the business at Nottingham uh, Forest, uh, it'll be a totally changed 11. Yeah. I, think, I think, I don't... All right, we've got a bit of pride. We don't want to, you know, perhaps throw, you know... Total, total difference. But I can certainly see Alvarez starting if... Uh, if I, I can see that as well. well. I think if Arsenal don't beat Forest, Alvarez starts, and I think Foden starts, and I think Mares starts. Those three definitely. Uh, Laporte might get lucky. We might make five or six changes. Can't make more than that because then you're going down to the to the uh, Gomez's of the world, and I don't think we want that. Um, so I think we can put, you know, make four or five changes. You can't make too many. I think that, that's going too far. I want to thump Chelsea regardless. You know, Chelsea, dare I say, are there for the taking. Mike, you were there February 2019 when we beat Chelsea 6-0, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, I think they deserve another drubbing. Uh, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, uh, arrogant or entitled or anything, but I think the way they've been playing, they deserve a, 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 they're due another good drubbing from City. Um, and then if we, if we, you know, bottom line is if we get the, the league sewn up this weekend, one way or the other, then I think uh, players can be rested for the Brighton game. Come back, some of them come back for Brentford. You know, we can have a much changed side. Rico Lewis can have a look in. Uh, Ortego can have a, a game or two. Uh, it, it just Phillips, Phillips, Phillips might get a goal. Yeah, a no, I'm pushing it. I know I'm pushing it there. I made you pause, but you know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> got to be sensible about it. But no, but the, but the thing is, Phillips, Phillips with someone with him, he's Phillips yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone safe, Stone's yeah. helping him in the in there. He'll be fine. Oh, Phillips, Guys, right. if you could, if you could see the look and raise face right now, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Phillips and Rico Lewis is pushing it too far. But no, no, it's an opportunity to give these guys the time. Um, I don't think anybody can work their way into the starting eleven for the FA Cup final or the Champions League final. The only person 
the only person I think that could possibly squeeze in is Foden instead of Grealish. Um, yeah, well, we've got Aki. We've got Aki to think about coming back as well, haven't we? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's hard to drop anybody, but it's great to have that luxury. So I think Aki- his best eleven has started the big Champions League games. It's as simple as that. And the only the only one who's been missing, as you that's say, Foden was in was the appendix. Things knackered him, didn't it? And not, but obviously Foden, Mares. Uh, and Aki and, and Aki walks into that team if he's fully fit. Aki mm-hmm. will be fit next week. I'm sure of it. He'll be fit. Well, guys, listen, listen. As we come to the end of the pod, we're not going to get above ourselves. Now, we now know who our final opponents will be, and it's uh, Inter Milan. And um, guys, I've been—I don't know if you have—but I've been studying their progress through the. Um, through the uh, Champions League group phases and, and right into the final. Now, guys, I hate to tell you, but there are no mugs. They're very, very... I know this seems um, a little bit, what can I say, condescending, but they're extremely well organized. They've got through on grit and determination. They haven't got um, the, the these wonderful game-changing players, but um, it's a one-off game, and... I know a lot of people might laugh at me for saying it because we've already conquered um, Madrid and uh, Bayern Munich, but uh, they're not to be taken lightly, lightly uh, Bernard, I think. No, I mean, how can you? How can you in a one-off game? It's impossible. And as you say, any any quality organised team, uh, don't matter who you are, can give, it, give, give you a game. Uh, you know, you talk about Dzeko up front. I mean, it seems 20 years ago uh, he played for us. It's, you know, he must be 52 now, Dzeko. It just seems that long ago since he played for us. But the third in, the third in obviously, behind Napoli and Juventus, Juve, in the in the Italian leagues, they're no mugs. As you said, they're no mugs. It's all right, they've been there are a lot of points behind uh, Napoli. Of course, yeah, Napoli have, have run away with it. But uh, I've not seen them. But from what I'm hearing, I mean, a lot of people saying, "Oh, these two Milan teams, they'll, they'll tear them apart." <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And we know last against Chelsea, for instance, that the certainly the occasion got to the City players that day. Uh, so we need them, hopefully. Now they've matured. Most of them are still there from that day. Uh, and we saw a bit of that last night. Uh, they don't all have to be on it. But if they play as a team and we play competently, of course, yeah, we've got a great chance in this. But uh, never never underestimate Inter. Never underestimate any team in a final of a competition uh, of, the, of the level that we're in. Uh, and it's as simple as that. You don't get there by being... You know, you might have a bit of luck, but uh, Inter Milan, I think, have done very, very well, organised, and, and they've won through to the final quite rightly from from what I can see. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, so we've been on with you an hour. We don't want to push you uh, too much further, but we'll come on to the final section. We'll go to Ray for this, and it's called AOB, any other business. Anything that, um, that uh, struck your fancy or your attention, uh, Ray first, and then uh, Bernard, and then we'll finish off. Yeah, um, anything else? Uh, obviously, the fans were brilliant. Uh, lots of lots of noise. Um, saw some uh, mm-hmm. video uh, from uh, and pictures from when the team arrived. They, there was no space. Anybody can see whatever they like. There was no space outside the ground when the, when the team bus arrived. Uh, everybody was crammed in. There was no uh, spare vantage points. The crowd made a lot of noise. I'm glad to see they still booed in the uh, Champions League anthem. But the crowd got behind the players. Um, and the, the, te- the, the, the team said, you know, some of the players said, you know, the crowd made the difference. You know, they helped us get through this. And obviously, the way the team played helped um, the atmosphere and helped the way the, the crowd played. Um, and it was, and a few few points I want to make. I'll just go through them quickly. But, I mean, we saw the Champions League holders with all that history, all that... Uh, aura reduced to walking around hoping the final whistle would come soon and that was just in the first half forget the second and you know um, the thing is if City do win the final against Inter let's not be presumptuous but if we look I've always said if we're lucky enough to do it then we I think we'll have that aura too no one wants to play City at the moment They're, and you know actually people are desperate opponents are desperate for Guardiola, Guardiola to leave retire or go manage a, a national team or something um, I want to ask you guys this question. 
and some people have said this, is that the best City performance ever under Pep? Is it better than Pep's Barca? I, I think it's, it's got to be very, very, very close. Considering the quality of the opposition, there's been some, um, there's been some contenders uh, for it, but I would say probably, yeah, I think that's probably, certainly that first half, yeah. Yeah, the other thing I want, wanted to say before uh, before I forget, um, um, oh, he's going to forget what he was going to say. No, the other thing is, I mean, this is now that we've you know, we, we demolished uh, uh, Real Madrid. I'm absolutely loving fans. Mostly it's Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United fans, a few Spurs fans. I've got the cheat, the audacity to stick their heads up um, and talk and complain about the FFP charges. Suddenly that's a. Uh, uh, an important thing again, or that it's it's become a farmers league that City are winning it. It's all BS, you know. It's jealousy, and just appreciate the football for for what it is. Appreciate where Pep has taken football in in this country and in the world. Everybody wants to copy. Uh, appreciate that. Stop crying. I, but I love it. You know, I spent uh, before we came on the pod. I spent this morning just sending. Um, um, crying gifts to all these uh, <laughs> fans on on Twitter complaining about the, the you know the the charges against Man City and everything else uh it's it's you know it's brilliant you know I love swimming in their tears yeah you ray you are uh, you have been given the award as the top class bert um <laughs> of, of 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 this week for sure um um Bernard, final thoughts, and and, and also let's just uh, remind folks about what's what's up next for City and and what your thoughts are. Yeah, we touched upon it, haven't we? Obviously, we've got an interesting game against Chelsea, and I, I've, when I do my preview, I'll put two Pep 11s out. I'll, I'll put one out on the basis that uh, Arsenal have done sod all, and in in fact, a draw is no good, is it? A draw means. It's it's ours, uh, basically, with a 20-goal difference. They're not going to turn that round, are we, unless we get beat by Brentford and Brighton 10-0 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so even the draw's no good, although mathematically you can't say it's ours, but uh, that's certainly no good to them. So, yeah, it does depend, of course. Um, again, I'm going into this expecting Arsenal to, to show a bit of kahunas and, and win this one and actually, you know... Uh, Proved that the season's not a total write-off, you know, and proved that they, they have been a deserved runners-up if that's how they end up. So I do expect Arsenal to beat Forest, um, and of course, if they do, I expect Pep to put out a very, very strong City team uh, for the visit of Chelsea. As Ray said, it, they, they do a drubbing, aren't they, on 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 Sunday when we play them, and it'd be great, of course, to to clinch another title at our place rather than. Uh, you know, be given it when we're not there. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But we'll also we'll see what happens on Saturday on that one. Anyway, I don't, I don't mind being given it. I don't mind being given it. By no, us. no, I, I prefer it. I don't mind going on Sunday and being relaxed and having fun. We've done it before. We've played, you know. But usually yeah. it's a bit panicky, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind. But it, it, it obviously the the scenario, perfect scenario, is yes, perhaps Arsenal draw, uh, not, and then we know. Basically, we've won it, and then we just pan Chelsea another six 0 and that'll make it even even more ideal. Yeah. So what, anyway, what, what the, tremble, the tremble's still on, guys. We've got the tremble. As yet, as at yeah, as at today, there's still no guarantee. We've not won any of it. We've not not, not won one of it yet. So uh, let, let's keep going. Going back to the start of the pod, you talked about the BBC uh, thing I did yesterday uh, for that uh, for their channel, uh, and I wanted to mention. That Liverpool thing, you know, I'm a, apparently I'm now a wind-up merchant and a, uh, you know, call it a burp, but uh, when I go on BBC Radio Manchester, they call me a wind-up merchant, the Man United fan there, because, I, you know, I just pre- know how to press his uh, buttons and grind his gears. Um, but I wanted to mention that last year, Liverpool were one and a half games away from greatness and they ended up, no one's talking about them. That, that, you know, when you talk about great teams, no one's talking about last year's Liverpool side. They won two Cups. So what? They were one and a half games away from greatness. We can still win nothing this season. Unlikely that as it sounds, we can still win nothing. So I want to go. I, I don't want an anticlimax against Chelsea because then that puts pressure on the next games. I was there. I was there when we we were two 0 up at half time against Man United. We should have been five 0 up. We should have had five goals or four or five, and then Gundogan missed a great chance in the, early in the second half, and we lost the game three two. You know. So, I don't want to be in that situation on Sunday. I want to go there. I want to pump Chelsea good and proper. I want to be sing, singing, you know, tearing Cottonies apart again. I, you know, I want us to drub them and then savour the moment at home, winning at home. It's not going to be the same if we win it against Brentford or Brighton, you know. 
you want to do it in front of your fans. Uh, I want it whether we win it prior because Arsenal don't beat Forest, um, but I want to beat Chelsea. I want the fans to go away really happy. Well, that is spoken like a true old school City fan. Your chickens are not counted until they're counted. Well, so, guys, I, I think I will say I've got to say now you say that t- t- typical City. If we win, you know, a couple. Let's say. If we're lucky enough to win two or three trophies this this season, do you think we need to change the typical city narrative, which has always been a, a comical, uh, bit negative, laughing at ourselves or each other kind of thing? To some typical city is what we've got now. This is typical. This is what typical city should be. Typical city should be, you know, drubbing the best, winning trophies. That's what it should be. We've got to be positive going forward, but still booting the uh, Champions League anthem. Well, that is exactly right. And um, if you doubt that, just um, have a word with uh, Bayern Munich and uh, Real Madrid supporters. But um, absolutely fabulous pod, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for staying faithful with us. We'll be back with you after the next game. I can promise you that. And so we'll finish off in the normal way by saying have one on us. And up the blues! Up the blues!